The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! I actually used that line on a girlfriend once. There must have been something in all that nothing. I just have no clue what you're talking about. All righty. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan. Hi, atop the uh, Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And the song you're listening to at the opening of the show, Paying Attention song, was written by a guy in Lowell named Melvin Taylor. And he is going to be opening our 16th anniversary bash by singing the song. How cool is that? So we always start the bash as if it's a radio show or a podcast. Now it's a podcast. It used to be a radio show. And we start with, uh, you know, um, where's the any key and all that stuff. We actually start the bash that way. That gives people like a minute to shut up and sit down. And then Melvin, play, Melvin Taylor Live plays this song to begin the bash. And it's really fun because this is now our 16th anniversary doing this. I've been doing radio for about 30 years. Um, and I've had this song for about maybe 12 years, maybe 15. And as soon as he starts to play the song, everyone knows the words in the room. So you've got like 500 people in the room singing the Paying Attention song. It's actually pretty cool. And I make everybody do the ba-pa-pas. I'm like, everybody's got to do the ba-pa-pas. If you don't, you got to leave. Today is going to be a day of just shameless self-promotion. I'm telling you that right out of the, right out of the gate. Do have a couple of news things to get to, but I gotta find them first. And then I asked him, I said, "Listen, if I throw you extra hundred, will you play the Worthen song, which is the song we play at the end of the show?" And I'm telling you to go home. So he said, "Yeah, two hundred bucks for two songs, I'm in." He's literally the only person that gets paid at this bash. Everyone else donates their time for free, but it was worth it to pay Melvin to have him there. So. All righty, let's take some of our sponsors, not all of them, because there's so many. We'll be here for an hour, but we'll we'll spread them out throughout the show. We definitely want to thank McLennan Real Estate, uh, Century 21. We love Janet McLennan. We love Sam and Matt and everybody down there. And what I really love about McLennan Real Estate is there are people who contribute to the community. Uh, I see Matt and Sam down at the TMF Family Dinner for the Homeless every Wednesday night now. Last night, they were bringing pizzas and some stuff to drink. And, uh, and so I, I love doing business with businesses that aren't just looking for money, aren't looking for their name in the paper, but just go out and contribute and do something for our community. So we want to thank them as well as AFC Urgent Care, Lisa Williams and her husband over at AFC Urgent Care. With all this coronavirus, we're going to be talking about this, uh, but with all this coronavirus, you know, if you're not sure, uh, f- number one, Cover your mouth with something and then get to AFC Urgent Care and see if you can get some kind of test. Uh, Maku Towing, uh, our friend uh, Jason Maku, and we need him, I need him to call me if you're watching the show. Um, and Martian and Son, now I screwed up on his ad. So for the last three weeks, it said Methuen and Sons. 
And Ronnie Marsden, who's like the nicest guy in the world, he, he never likes to like say anything bad about anybody. And he sent me an email and said, do I know, is there something you know that I don't know? Do I have another son out there that I'm not sure of? Because it's only Ron Marsden and son. So um, we had, we fixed it for you for this week, and I apologize. Uh, Climate Design Systems, we love Nina over Climate Design Systems. She's going to be at the bash. Wait till you see what she's wearing. Uh, you saw her when she was here, right? Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. Just for that alone, I can't wait for the bash. Um, so we've got a bunch of stuff to get to today. We're going to talk a little bit about news, going to talk about the coronavirus, the hysteria of the coronavirus, and then I'm just going to shamelessly plug my bash for the rest of the show. We're not even, we may not even make it an hour. We may go two. Who knows? Um, but you know, we're watching the hysteria, and it really is hysteria, of the coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus. Uh, it's sad that um, our mainstream media is so owned by China that the first few days of this hysteria, they adequately called it the Chinese coronavirus or the Wuhan coronavirus because Wuhan is the name of the city in China where it supposedly started. And then all of a sudden, China, which owns basically most of our media in this country, came down with the hammer and said, no, 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 no. You're not going to call it the ch- – you're going to make us look bad. Like, you know, forget the people that are dying that make you look bad. Calling it the Chinese coronavirus is going to make us look bad. So all of a sudden, Anderson Cooper and all the sheeps on CNN and all the sheeps on MSNBC and ABC and NBC, suddenly it's just the coronavirus now. It's not the Chinese coronavirus anymore. It's not the Wuhan coronavirus anymore. Now suddenly it's just the coronavirus. And if you wait long enough, it'll be the American coronavirus because that's what we do in this country. We bastardize everything and we blame the victims. Um... I, I, I'm not a doctor. I am not a scientist. I'm just going to say up front that wh- I'm just sharing my opinion with you. This is not based on medical data. It's not based on scientific information. But, you know, I, I, I lived through, and, you know, it wasn't all that long ago, but I lived through, I remember we had Ebola, which was a flesh-eating bacteria that was going to wipe out the planet. Remember that? It's going to wipe out the planet. We had to cordon things off and close things down and... And, you know, in, in 2008, I remember we had the avian flu. Uh, by the way, the bash continued. The bash went on. Everybody said, oh, avian flu, you're going to cancel the bash? No, we're not canceling the bash. I don't care if the Russian missiles are in the air and targeting Lawrence, Massachusetts, 20 minutes before the bash starts, the bash goes on. Um, in 2010, we had the swine flu. Right? Swine flu, everyone's going to die. Oh, it's the hysteria. Run, it's going to get you. And, yeah, nothing really bad happened except to a few people, like, you know, 0.01%. What they're saying now on TV, and you have to realize the idiots on TV don't know anything. What they're saying now on TV is that um, we, have, we have to be really scared of this virus because it's twice as in inf- the death rate from the Chinese coronavirus is twice as high as the flu. So that, that means we have to panic. Until you actually dig down and you look at what's the death rate of the flu, it's 0.01%. So the death rate for the coronavirus is 0.02%. And although, yeah, that's a 50% jump, 0.01 to 0.02, it's still 0.02%. So I'm pretty sure Lawrence, Massachusetts and Methuen, Massachusetts, Lawrence canceled this St. Patrick's Day parade. Methuen May and Neil Perry canceled his St. Patrick's Day luncheon. I'm pretty sure in Lawrence they canceled their St. Patrick's Day luncheon. Boston canceled their St. Patrick's Day parade. The NBA is shutting down, and it's all hysteria. That's all it is. 
Is it dangerous? Yes, obviously it's dangerous. It's a virus. All viruses are dangerous. But at 0.2% death rate, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not worried about having a bash on March 27th. So um, there there is a concerted effort by members of the media to tank the economy because it's the one thing Donald Trump has on his side during the election. And what's sad is that the media, and then especially the news media, has to find a way to hurt America in order to hurt Trump in order to m- try to regain power. And I watched it on CNN all day. They're blaming Trump for a virus. Newsflash, it's a freaking virus. It's a virus. No president, no senator, no person with a title, no king, no queen in England can stop a virus. But the few measures that the president did take to try and stop the virus, or at least to try and stop its transmission widely within this country, was shutting down flights to China. And he was immediately called what? A racist. He was a racist for stopping the flights coming in from China. How dare he? And now it turns out that was a pretty good move. Last night, the president had a, um, gave an address to the nation saying he's also shutting down all flights coming in from Europe. Also a very good move. Here's what's funny. The same people that are running around panicking about this coronavirus. Anderson Cooper on CNN and Wolf Blitzer and, uh, and, and the Democrats in the Senate, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi in the House. All these people that are freaking out. It's the end of the world. It's going to tank our economy. We're all going to die. These are the same people that want open borders and want people to be able to stream across our border without being checked by a physician. These are the same people that want people to come from every single corner of, of, the, of the world, every hellhole on the planet, to come here and get benefits and stay here and bring, by the way, whatever viruses they might have. So it's a little hypocritical. I always say during my show when we talk national politics that the Democrats... Everything the Democrats say they believe in is in direct contradiction to everything else they say they believe in. On the one hand, we have to panic and take every single measure, including closing down the NBA because of this contagious virus. And they keep calling it a pandemic. I don't know why they're calling it a pandemic. It's an epidemic is what it is. Um, I looked it up last night. It was very confusing. I looked it up last night, the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic. An epidemic is something that is, by definition... Uh, something in a small enclosed uh, uh, location, you know, like there's an epidemic of um, bed bugs in New York, right? But if it was worldwide, it would be a pandemic. So the media is actually using the f- correct phrase pandemic, but they're also using the correct phrase for once because if they use the phrase that they would normally use epidemic, people would, pay, people would, people would freak out more. And it is an epidemic. It is a pandemic. It's whatever demic you want to call it. But it's still only going to kill 0.01% or 0.02% of the population, even if every single person in America got it. Most people who get the coronavirus end up just fine. Sorry, they just do. I watched every scientist on every station last night. I watched CNN. I watched MSNBC. God help me, I watched Fox. I watched the BBC uh, BBC, BBC in England uh, is actually really, really good on this kind of stuff because they bring real scientists in that have no political agenda and just kind of talk about what the virus is, what it does, um, how quickly it gets transmitted. Apparently, it gets transmitted a lot faster and lives a lot longer than the actual flu virus. So if I were to sneeze on this counter, um, if it was a flu, it would die in half the time that the coronavirus dies. However... 0.01% of people, I'm sorry, 0.02% of people who get the coronavirus 
end up dying. So you know what? I'm not really worried. You people should not be really worried. We shouldn't be canceling parades. We shouldn't be canceling dinners. I mean, if we do, the terrorists win, right? I mean, we can't we can't change our life. This is what we heard after 9-11. We can't change our life or the terrorists win. I happen to believe, with no scientific evidence whatsoever, but I happen to believe after watching what China has been doing to this country for the last 20 years, that this is intentional. I think the Chinese coronavirus was intentionally created. I think it was intentionally released. And I think the Chinese government is purposely using the rest of the world as guinea pigs because they want to use biotech warfare to take out their enemies. And what better way to do it than a virus like this? Except they got to come up with something better than 0.202%. That's all I can say. Like, I mean, it's a good effort. They get a, the Chinese get an A-plus for effort. But I'm still holding my bash on March 27th. I'm still going. If somebody else has a St. Patrick's Day luncheon or dinner in the community, I'm still going. And if I feel like going to a political event or I feel like going to the Central Catholic basketball game, as long as they don't cancel it, I'm going. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the coronavirus. I'm not walking around with a mask on. Neither should you. The, the worst thing in the world we can do is stay home and be afraid. It will collapse and destroy our economy. And our economy is doing pretty good even despite this coronavirus. I know Wall Street's taking a hit, but that's always going to bounce back. I mean, if you look at the long-term gains, the long-term losses on, on Wall Street, Wall Street always bounces back even after they have a couple of horrible weeks. But we want to make sure that it stops now. And I, I don't understand why the NBA shut down. Maybe because they're, partly, they're mostly owned by China. You know, and that's what China wants. They want, to, they want to hurt our economy. And it's starting to work. So go out and do your regular stuff. If on Saturday you go shopping or you go to the mall, then damn it, go to the mall and go shopping. If you're, if you're normally going to your kid's football game and your school's on a bunch of mamby-pambies and they didn't cancel the football game, then go to the football game. And chat with your neighbors and chat with your friends. And if you don't feel good and you think you're coming down with a cold or a flu, regardless of this stupid pandemic, you should stay home anyway. If, anytime you're not feeling good, forget the coronavirus. Anytime you're not feeling good, stay the hell home. Because if you don't, you infect other people. And people like me have shit to do. Like I've got, I, I have like, you know, I, I have what I consider a pretty important life. I have things that I need to get done. And all of us, I think, probably feel as though our lives are pretty important. And you guys have stuff to get done. And it would just be great for the rest of us if you have a cold or you have a flu or the coronavirus or Ebola or the Zika virus or, or the avian flu or remember the MERS virus. We went through all of them. We all just survived just fine. So my advice is keep doing what you normally do. If you need to fly, fly. If you need to go somewhere, you need to get on a bus, get on the bus. And don't walk around with a mask. You look, like a, you look like a retard. Just stop walking around with masks. The only people who should be walking around with masks are people who are already sick. That's not Tom Duggan saying that. That's every scientist I saw on TV all week. And here's the other thing. I'm really tired of the, of the media coming out and saying the best way to solve this problem is to cough into your elbow and wash your hands for 20 seconds. With No, 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 no. You should be doing that anyway. There's no way to stop the virus. There's no way to slow the virus. There's nothing any of us individually can do to stop it. It's going to go where it's going to go. It's organic. It's going to do what it's going to do. And when all this is over, we're going to look back at this hysteria, and we're going to wonder why we were so stupid and why we were so afraid. And sadly, someday there will be a virus that will be really, really dangerous, 
more than 0.02% fatality rate. And and we're going to look back. It's kind of like every time the every time the weatherman says there's going to be a big snowstorm and everybody goes out and stocks up and then there's no snowstorm. And then five times in a row they say it's a big snowstorm and people are canceling school and then there's no snow. Then after a while, it's like the boy who cried wolf. They say there's a big snowstorm coming. Nobody pays attention. That's what my fear is. My fear is this is not a big thing. This is going to go away very shortly. Uh, it is going to be a big hit to our economy, at least short term. But the next thing that comes along might be a lot more dangerous, and we're not going to be listening to the idiots on on uh, CNN like Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and uh, and that guy on MSNBC. What's her name? Um, Rachel Madcow. We're not, we, won't, we, we whatever they say, we're just not going to listen to them, and then we're really going to be in trouble because it'll be real. The boy who cried wolf. It, they do this every single time. Like I remember, 2008 avian flu, 2010 swine flu, 2012 mirrors virus. 2014 Ebola virus, 2016 Zika virus, 2018 Ebola virus comes back, and now we get the corona. Every two years we have this, and every two years we do just fine. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, in North Andover next week, we are going to be having a debate for the North Andover selectman candidates. We have the two front runners, at least as far as I know, the two front runners, Chris Nobili, who is the incumbent, and Luke Noble, who is one of the challengers, have both committed to being here. The two women in that race have not yet committed to coming, uh, which is fine. I mean, uh, I, I do this for them, and if they don't want the free time, that's up to them. Um, a lot, a lot, a big kerfuffle going on on Facebook about this race. I was watching um, the North End of a Dad's page over the last few days, and apparently Luke Noble is a Trump supporter, God bless him, and because he's a Trump supporter in this age of hatred and politics, I'm watching all these people calling him a racist. He's a racist because he's with Trump, and he's a white supremacist because he's with Trump. And one lady gets on and says, I have two Mexican children. Well, good for you. What does that have to do with anything? Good for you, lady. What does it have to do with anything? It has nothing to do with anything except allow you to pretend you have some kind of personal feeling about this that makes you a little bit more of an expert than us? No, I don't think so. No, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with race. Build the wall. We're sitting here talking about a coronavirus that the media is telling you. I'm not telling you. But the media is telling you it's going to kill all of us. We have to cancel NBA games, and we have to cancel parades, and we have to cancel sporting events and concerts. We have to cancel everything. We have to change our entire life. It's a new normal, according to CNN. And at the same time, they're saying, you, the, the, the same liberals are saying, don't build a wall. And, and if you're for building a wall on the southern border, you're a racist. How about, like, we just don't want to die? How about that? How about we're sick of criminals coming in from other countries, not just Mexico? They come through Mexico, but the majority of the illegal aliens coming here aren't even from Mexico. They're from other countries. By the way, China's one of them. So Luke Noble's getting his ass kicked all over Facebook, and I've tried to stay out of all of it because I'm doing a debate, and I don't want to tip the scales on anybody. I don't want anybody to say that I have a, a horse in this race because as of right now, I don't. But my, my sympathies are starting, to, are starting to lean toward Chris Noble. I'm sorry, uh, Luke Noble. Because it's a, this is a board of selectmen race in North Andover. This isn't, he's not running for Senate. He's not running for Congress. He's not running for governor. Who he likes as a president should have very little to do with whether or not you vote for the guy or vote against the guy. I'm not going to vote for the guy just because I like Donald Trump. I'm just not. I want a selectman that's going to be proactive. And by the way, I've been telling this to Chris Nobili for four years. You know, um, 
when something big comes up on the council agenda, how about you know shoot an email to the local media and say, hey, there's a big thing coming up on the agenda you might be interested in. We're going to be voting on a low-income housing project next week. You might want to do some research. You might want to do a story on that. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who's going to reach out to the community and tell us what's going on. I want someone who, when last week's vote came up, last week the North Andover Board of Selectmen, you're going to love this, they decided that they needed to change the name of the Board of Selectmen because it was sexist. It's got the word men in it. It's got the word men in it. Can you believe that? Holy, God, I, can't, I can't believe 200 years ago we didn't change this. And we need to get with the times. Now we're going to call it the select board because there are women on the board and select men isn't gender neutral. Can you believe the idiocy of the North End of a board of selectmen? By the way, the one member of the board of selectmen and by the way, I will never call it the select board. So you guys can correct me every single time I say it if you guys are on the show. I'm never going to call it the select board, ever. It's the board of selectmen. It's like it's a manhole. It's not a person hole. It's a manhole. Women has the word men in it. We didn't change that. And we shouldn't be changing board of selectmen. It's a gender neutral phrase. And I'm going to keep calling it the board of selectmen. But here's what's interesting. The one person who voted against changing the name from board of selectmen in North Andover to select board was a woman, Rosemary Smedili. Figure that one out. So you guys, all you guys on the Board of Selectmen that think that you're going to virtue signal and you're going to defend women and you're going to tell us what's best for women, the woman on the board voted no. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. So next week when we have Chris Noble and uh, and Luke Nobili, I'm sorry, Chris Nobili and Luke, if I can't keep it straight, Look, look at how I'm struggling because one guy's name is Noble and one guy's name is Nobili, and they're spelled almost exactly the same. I, I have to wonder what the how confused the voters are going to be. Like I actually know these two individuals, and 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 I've, I've written stuff on the race, and I actually do have to do a correction on the race too for uh, for Allison Koenig. But um, I know these people. I live in North Andover. I vote in North Andover, and I'm having a hard time saying the names correctly. This is going to be. This is going to be. A huge, confusing race. And whoever wins, I'm not sure they really win because if Chris, if Luke Noble wins, you don't know if people voted for him and they thought they were voting for Chris Nobili or vice versa. And if one of those two win, I, I, I don't know that you can even call it a win. I think you've got to wait till the next race where you don't have a guy that's got the exact same name spelled almost exactly the same way. Here's what I want out of my board of selectmen, though. I want my board of selectmen to put aside all the political baloney all this select board, select men, um, changing Columbus Day to Indigenous People Day. Let's stop rewriting our history at the local level. Let's stop trying to be woke. Let's stop trying to be progressive. I know North Andover has taken a sharp left turn in the last 10 years, and I've watched it happen because of all the overdevelopment, and I get it. The town has turned more liberal. Fine. But how about take care of the town? How about worry about the schools? How about, you know, doing things for the community? Like, Phil DeCollegero might be a left-wing progressive nutcase, and he is, but he's my friend. But you know what he does, like, in between being, a, being on the board of selectmen? He goes out and he helps the North Indian Merchants Association run their farmer's market in the summertime. 
He helps run mixers for local businesses downtown. He doesn't just sit in a meeting every two weeks and vote the way he votes and goes home. He actually goes out and proactively does stuff. So even though he's a left-wing progressive nutcase, and he is, and he's, I don't know who he's supporting for president, but I would assume it's probably about Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders. Um, and it was probably Elizabeth Warren before that. He has supported every single left-wing Democrat that's ever run. He's part of the Democrat town committee. But I don't care. Every time Phil runs for, for selectman, I vote for him because when he's not sitting at the table, he's out in the community doing good things for the people who live here. It would be nice if the other board of selectmen members would do that too. When something big is coming up on the agenda, I didn't get a phone call on this one. I don't think Phil wanted me to know about this one because I would have showed up and I would have had a few comments. But uh, Phil DeColagero generally, if there's something big coming up, we'll shoot me a quick email or an instant message and say, hey, big vote coming up. Or, hey, Tom, last night we voted on X, Y, and Z. I don't know if you're interested in a story on that. Which is great because it's a member of the Board of Selectmen reaching out to the community, letting them know what happened. Because most, let's face it, most people don't watch the Board of Selectmen meetings. You've got the small insider crew that always watches the meetings. I watch them. I'm sure Ted Tripp watches them. The Tea Party people in North Andover watch them relatives of the, of the selectmen members watch them. But for the most part, nobody's watching the board of selectmen meetings in North Andover. I go to town meeting. Sometimes we have 250 people. It's a disgrace given how many people live in North Andover. So you have all this power concentrated in a very small place on this board of selectmen. And they think like, you know, they're going to show everybody how virtuous they are and how wonderful they are. that They're going to change it to board of selectmen. It's just ridiculous. We'll be asking those questions. I'm hoping the other two candidates will be here. The other two candidates are Laura. Laura, oh boy, I can't believe I, I started down that road and didn't have it in front of me. Uh, Laura, I think it's, it's not Baker. It's something like Baker. I'll get it for you. And Allison Koenig. Um, again, neither one of them has uh, committed to being here, and that's okay because the other two guys have committed to being here, and they will be here. They're men of their word. When they give their word, each of them keep their word. All right, what else do we have? So we've got coming up. Wow. We have coming up March 27th. You can mark your calendar. Did you I, you were looking you look like you were looking for that as a for me. It's not all right. Um she's a friend of Neil Perry's and he mentions her all the time and I can't remember. Laura, Laura Baker. I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh we have a big bash coming up. It's our 16th anniversary of the Valley Patriot, and it's, every year we hold this charity bash that we do. And what's funny is we started off the bash. Our first year holding it, we didn't know what we were doing. So we just got like a, a DJ who, that we knew that donated his time. And Daily Dose Cafe donated a bunch of food. And a bunch of people showed up. Charlie Baker showed up because he was running for governor at the time. By the way, we haven't seen Charlie since then, since he's won. He's too big for us now. Um, Richard Desai came. All the state reps came. All the state senators came. Laura Bates. I was close though, right? Laura Bates is the other candidate in that race. Um, so at our first bash, we, you know, all these dignitaries came and Bruce, Senator Bruce Tarr came and, and uh, Steve Rep. Paul Adams came and Jim Lyons came and everybody came. And, you know, we had a little dancing. We did a little 50-50. Uh, we raffled off like three or four items that we had that somebody donated gift cards or something. But everybody that came brought us a present. Hey, Tom, it's your anniversary. Here. And so we're walking to our car the day of the first, the night of the first bash with all these presents people brought us. And I thought, you know, this is the exact opposite of what I wanted to do tonight. Like, I didn't want to come here and have people bring us stuff. This wasn't like a way for people to 
give us free stuff. Like, look, I'll always take anything free anybody wants to give me, but that wasn't the purpose of tonight. And so I went home, we went home, we felt bad about it. And because it was in the middle of a snowstorm and there was three feet of snow outside and we still had 150 people show up at the VFW in North Andover, we knew the following year without a snowstorm we were going to fill a room. So we went to the Firefighters Relief Inn in Lawrence. They offered to donate the room uh, because they, believe me, they make bank on the, on the, on the bar. Because when you fill 500 people in a room, everybody's drinking, right? Especially on a Friday night, uh, especially at the Relief Inn. So we, we went to the Relief Inn and we said, you know, w- what we want to do this year is we don't want anybody bringing us stuff. So let's try to, let's get people to bring stuff for other people. So we started with uh, a scholarship for a Lawrence High School kid and asked people to bring stuff for the homeless. If you have socks, bring it for the homeless. We had a big box, put the socks in the, in the box. And we'll go out and we'll give it to the homeless. And uh, if you want to donate a little bit of money for a scholarship for a Lawrence High kid, I think we get it up to like $300 the first year. Here we are at the 16th anniversary of the Valley Patriot. And let me give you a little bit of an itinerary for those of you who are thinking of coming or want to come. Um, you won't regret it. People who, people who come for the first time always come back. Like our first time people two years ago who said, oh, my God, this is the first time I've come. I can't believe what a great night this is. They've always come back. Once we get them in the room and we show them what this newspaper does, and it's not just a newspaper, that we're a cause, that we're out there in the community helping veterans, that we're helping homeless people, that we're helping kids get college educated. Uh, money for college education, uh, they always come back because it's drinking and, and comedians and a DJ and a roast. Um, we have Al Caprillion, famous weatherman comes. He always opens the night off with good evening, um, which is pretty funny because everybody in the audience starts doing good evening and then he does it back, but nobody knows when to stop. So it just keeps going for like a minute and a half. Everybody's doing good evening back and forth with Al Caprillion cracking up. Um, so here's our scholarships. Our scholarships this year, and I'm going to even pull up the amounts, let you guys know, because we really need you guys to, to kick in. We're a little far behind on our uh, fundraising efforts. Not, not a lot far behind, but we are a little far behind. Um, so we've got the, uh, let's start with the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship. Two years ago, Dan Cody was a, uh, a driver, a tow truck driver for Cody's Towing in Lawrence. And he was killed by a drunk driver on Route 495. It was, I don't know what time it was, like maybe 1 o'clock in the morning. We were actually there. We heard it. We were chasing police calls that night. Um, it, was, it was a tough night for everybody, especially the state police, because they know the whole Cody family. Um, and that happened about a week and a half before my bash two years ago. So a guy, uh, one of our most loyal readers in the world, his name is Al Velo. He runs HeatQuest. Um, he does HVAC, came to my office, put $500 down and said, I know your bash is in two weeks. I don't know if this is going to screw you up, but I want to start a scholarship in the name of Dan Cody and keep his memory alive. He said, and I want the scholarship to go to a kid that graduated from the Thompson School in North Andover because that's where Dan's kids go now. And I'm hoping that if we can keep this scholarship going every year, that in six years, Dan Cody's kids will be able to get this scholarship. That was the reason that he set it up, so we could help Dan Cody's kids. So last year, we gave out two scholarships um, for Dan Cody. Let me, if I can just get real quick, I'll give you what we had last year for the Cody scholarship was a little audio production. Sorry about that, kids. $3,450 we gave for the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship last year. This year, we're at 1265 Now, we've still got three weeks to go, two weeks to go. 
Um, and most people make their donations at the end. A lot of people bring a donation at the door. They buy their tickets and then throw a check for 100 in for a certain scholarship. Um, but right now we're at 1265 So if you'd like to donate, by the way, if you'd like to donate to any of these scholarships, um, you can go to eventbrite.com. You can instant message me and I can tell you how to mail a check in. Or we actually have a Facebook page, uh, a Facebook, um, um, what do you call it, like a fundraising page. I'm actually looking for it as we speak so I can post it. Um, it'll probably be on the Paying Attention pod, paying attention team, no, the Bash page maybe. This is what happens when you do on-air production. Isn't it awesome? But you know what? I started radio in 1999, and I was doing on-air production on my very first show. I actually went back and listened to my first show. One day I was bored, and I was doing on-air production, and here I am 30 years later, and I'm, I'm still doing the same stupid shit, so... It's never going to change. I actually like on-air production anyway. It makes the makes the people at home feel like they're part of the show. Uh, all right, let's see. It should be here. Should be here. So the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship. We're a little short this year, but we're hoping to get there. We want you guys to to donate if you can. And okay, so I found it, and we're gonna, I'm going to put the link on this stream. I don't know if you're going to be able to use it, but I will also post it on my page. And you will be able to use it from my page. So that's the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship. We're giving out seven, believe it or not, this year. I, I mean, if you told me when we started this thing we'd be giving out seven scholarships to seven kids, I never would have believed it. Uh, Lawrence High School Junior ROTC. This was the first scholarship we ever did. Um, it was for a Lawrence High School kid. And what we used to do is we'd call the Lawrence High alumni and say, how many scholarships are you giving out this year? And Chris Eldridge would say, we're giving out 114 scholarships from the Lawrence High alumni this year. And I'd say, okay, give me the kid who's number 115. I want the kid that's not going to – if there was one more scholarship, that kid would have got something. That's the kid I want. So for years, that's the way we, uh, we went about uh, giving out the scholarships. And by the way, going back to Cody, anybody that wants to apply for the Cody scholarship you've got until tomorrow, send me an instant message. Send me an email. If you're interested in applying for the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship, you had to have attended the Thompson School in North Andover. For the Lawrence High Scholarship, we always just gave it to the kid that wasn't going to get anything that was on the list of Lawrence High alumni until an Army veteran friend of ours who's on the Lawrence Lions board, I'm president of the Lawrence Lions and he's on my board, said to me, 82-year-old Eugene Smith said to me two years ago, I want to give you $1,000 for your Lawrence High Scholarship, but can I add a requirement? You want to give me $1,000, I'll stand on my head. I don't care what your requirement is. You want to give $1,000 for a kid? I'm in. What's the requirement? He said, I think it should go to a junior ROTC kid. Because those kids, they're going into the military. They're going to be giving their lives. They're going to be offering their lives for their country. And even though the military has the GI Bill and everything, it doesn't cover everything. Sometimes it doesn't cover books or fees or travel or whatever. And I want it to go to a kid that's going into the Army or going into the Navy, or going into the Air Force. I said, okay, you know what? You want to keep, keep this going for every year that you donate, we will give it to a junior ROTC kid. So this year, we've got a junior ROTC kid. Her name is Camilla Herrera. And she, so far, from what we've raised, Eugene gave us $1,300. Our good friend Joe Dunn gave us $500. Uh, attorney Paul Lambert, who supports every single thing that we do, I mean, when I published my book, he bought a bunch of books. When the movie came out, he went out and, and bought the movie. He supports everything we do. And Jim DiNuccio gave $100. So we're at $2,400 right now on the Lawrence High School Junior ROTC Scholarship. Um, we also have a brand new scholarship this year. Um, a woman named 
can a woman named Michelle DeLuca Beninati, and hopefully I said that right. I knew her as Michelle DeLuca growing up. Um, we went to St. Pat's together, and we used to hang around when we were in high school. I think she went to, I think she went to St. Mary's. I'm not sure. She may have gone to Haverhill High, but all of our friends hung out together back then. And her friend, her brother Ken, and I are very good friends still today. Um, she passed away from cancer earlier this year. Her husband is a police detective in Haverhill. And he actually, he was on the front page of yesterday's uh, Eagle Tribune. So kudos to the Eagle Tribune for actually finally printing some real news. Um, so Ken came to me this year and said, you know, he's still kind of broken up about his sister. He wants her, her, her name to live on. He said, I want to do like what you guys are doing with the Cody scholarship. So he plopped down $1,000. Uh, Lenny Mera, state representative from Newbury and Haverhill, plopped out $100. And our DJ, who DJs for free, kicked in $100, Rick Belanti. So right now, we've got $1,200 in the Michelle DeLuca Beninati Scholarship. Um, and what was I going to tell you about that? There was something else on that one, too. Um, ah, boy, isn't that awful. Don't get old, kids. I'm telling you, just don't get old. You just to, I feel like Joe Biden. I'm sitting here all day trying to remember where I am, what's the next scholarship, what are we doing? Um, so, yeah, so this is uh, for the Michelle. Oh, so this is going to go to a kid that went to Haverhill High School and is going on to college for either social work or criminal justice. Michelle DeLuca was a social worker. She worked a lot with kids. And so um, Ken wanted to make sure that this uh, scholarship went out and kept his uh, sister's memory alive. Now, anybody who's interested in applying for any of these scholarships, we really have two that are still open. But if you win a scholarship, you have to be in the room the night of the bash. So there has only once has a scholarship kid not showed up. So we actually, during the bash, called the kid that was second, asked him if his mom could come down. And we wrote him a check for 2400 bucks because the other kid didn't show up. And then the other kid's mom called me the next day and said, you know, can you send us a check? And I'm like, no, you didn't come. Like we made it clear to everybody when you apply for this scholarship, the one requirement is you have to be in the room. Because then we get your picture with the people who donated the money we put it in the paper, and the next year people see, hey, so-and-so gave money, and he's in the picture. I want to be in the picture next year, too. Maybe I'll give money. And so what I'm trying to do with this bash, as we move forward, as, as, we, as we move through the years of change, tweaking it and changing it every year, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get everybody into a room, as many people as we can into a room, um, because we give Clear Path New England for homeless veterans 50% of our raffle money. We give another nonprofit 50% of the 50-50. So the pro one person wins the 50-50. The other half of the 50-50 goes to a local nonprofit. We haven't actually figured out who that's going to be yet this year. So we, we do all these things with the scholarships and the awards to get people in a room and have people who are doing some pretty amazing things get to meet each other and talk to each other. And, you know, we had Suzanne Bump, uh, left-wing progressive lunatic. She's our state, state auditor. I love her. I campaign for her every year when she runs, even though I'm a right-winger. Because um, she does a great job. She came and she was our keynote speaker a few years ago. Got very nervous. She thought she was going to be in a room full of right-wing Tea Party people. She had no idea when she walked in that two-thirds of the room were going to be Democrats. Because two-thirds of the Merrimack Valley are Democrats. That's the way just statistically it's going to break down. So it doesn't matter what my opinion is. It doesn't matter what the editorial center of the paper is. She came. She put her politics aside. She was our keynote speaker. This year... Corey Lewandowski, the former campaign manager for President Trump, is going to be here, uh, and he's going to be speaking. 
And I think that's great. We're going to have, in the room, we're going to have right-wing Republican Corey Lewandowski as our keynote speaker. Also speaking is going to be moderate Democrat Diana DiZaglio. In the audience, we're going to have left-wing progressive lunatic Christina Minicucci, who has Birkenstocks everywhere she goes. She's one of those Birkenstock girls, right? So the bash is something where we just kind of put aside our, our personal feelings. I'll get back to the scholarships in a second. I know I got off on a tangent. But the bash is something where everybody puts their personal feelings aside. Everybody puts their politics aside. Everybody gets into a room. We try to do something good for the community. Now, every year I get up to the podium. And at the top of my notes, it says, take a deep breath and count to 10. And so while I'm counting to 10, just to kind of calm my nerves, because I'm off the wagon the night of the bash, by the way. Um, I look around the room, and I can, in my head, identify that at least a third of the people in this room hate my guts. And I do, and I'm looking around the room, and I even say sometimes out loud, I can't believe some of you people are even here. There are politicians who won't even say hello to me if I run into them at the meat counter at, at Borelli's Deli. Being, hi, Senator so-and-so. Hi, Counselor so-and-so. They just keep walking. But every year at the bash, they show up, and they bring a check. And every year they come and they buy raffle tickets to help homeless veterans. They bring socks to put in the, in the, in the box for, for homeless people that we go out and that we feed from time to time. And so it's kind of like a night of amnesty. And anybody that wants to get up to the microphone and bash me and insult me, we allow people to do that. Because I'm easy to hate. I mean, I, I admit it. I acknowledge it. I'm an easy guy to hate. So um, I want to get back to the scholarship. So we, we did the DeLuca scholarship. I explained the Lawrence High scholarship. I explained the Dan Cody scholarship. The Great Lawrence Technical Scholarship this year, this is, I think, our, I'm going to guess, but I think this might be our ninth year doing the, the Vogue. I went to the Vogue my first two years in high school, and then I transferred to Lawrence High. So when we were doing the Lawrence High one eight or nine or ten years ago, uh, my friend Jessica Finicaro, she's still my friend? I think she's still my friend. I still like her, whether she's mad at me or not. Uh, our friend Jessica Finicaro came to me and said, didn't you go to the Vogue? And I went, yeah, for my first two years. She was on the Vogue school committee, and she said, well, why not, why not give a scholarship to a Vogue kid? And I, I said, Vogue kids go into trades. They don't go to college. They're building houses and plumbing and making five times than the rest of us while we're all you know, sitting there thinking that we're all cool with our degrees, right? She said, no, you wouldn't believe it, but at least, at least a third of the kids that go to the Great Lawrence Vogue or the Great Lawrence Tech actually do go on to college because they have data processing and all kinds of other stuff at the vocational that they didn't have when I was there. Okay, fine. We'll do one for the Vogue. So this year we've got $2,600 that we've already raised for, her name is Alia LeClerc. She's from Methuen. Um, I'm not sure why I should be raising money for kids from Methuen though. According to Jim McCarty, I don't live in Methuen, so I should have no say in what goes on in Methuen. I shouldn't do anything about Methuen. I shouldn't, I shouldn't report on Methuen. I guess like at the Eagle Tribune, only the, only the reporters who live in Methuen are allowed to report on Methuen. This is what I hear from the Sabre McCarty clan. Um, so we every year we task Jessica, and you should see what she puts these poor kids through. It's amusing, but it's actually very helpful. I mean, she makes these kids write essays, and she goes and she calls their employers and makes sure that they show up on time. And I mean, she puts more vetting into this than we put into people coming into this country. And every year she picks a spot-on perfect kid. Every single year she picks a kid that by the time I read the kid's bio and she sends me and says, this is the kid that I'm picking, I've never once overruled her and said no. So this year she picked Aaliyah uh, LeClerc, and the, uh, it's $2,600 right now. But if you want to donate, go to that uh, link that I posted on my page, 
and make a donation, but also if tell me where you want your donation to go. So if you want, if you're donating ten dollars and you say I want this to go to the Lawrence High Scholarship, after you make your donation, post that you want the ten dollars to go to that scholarship, so I can put it on my spreadsheet, and we can make sure that your donation goes directly to the kids. By the way, I make not one dime out of any of this every year. I literally don't make a dime. In fact, I actually buy my own ticket. I'm the first one when I set up the Eventbrite page. I'm the first one to go on and buy a ticket. So um, this is something where if it's a Lawrence High scholarship, you can write your check to directly to Lawrence High Alumni Association, and it's tax deductible. And you have to make sure that you let us know. You have to send us the check, but make the check out to Lawrence High Alumni Association because then when we turn it over to them, we'll give you the 501c3 number and you can take a tax deduction on your, on your taxes. Uh, that's the only one that we have that, that deal with, but we're working on the others. The other kids, we write the check directly to the college. Um, so th- we did the vote. It's $2,600. And it's $2,600 because our friend, my friend, the midget, I call him the midget. Everybody always gets upset when I say that. It's not politically correct, but I say it out of love. Mike Gagliotti, president of the Laborers Union Local 175 in Methuen, donated $1,000, as he does every single year, to this scholarship. Lisa Williams from AFC Urgent Care, one of our sponsors here at the Paying Attention Podcast, donated $1,000 to this scholarship. Uh, Army veteran and hero Christine Prescott uh, donated $100. And our buddies from Political TNT, Tom and Nancy Troy, kicked in $500 for this scholarship and $500 for the next scholarship. So we're at $2,600 for the Vogue Scholarship scholarship. We have one more that we give out, and that's the Whittier Tech Scholarship. We're at $1,300 at the moment. Uh, State Representative Lenny Mira, Al Velo, who started this scholarship, Building and Records Union Local 1421, which is Tom and Nancy Troy, gave $500. One of our readers who um, always supports everything we do, Steve Spaulding, gave $100. And then Frank Quintana from Quintana Supplies Up, and I think he's in Newton, New Hampshire now. Uh, but you can find them online, Quintana Supplies. Uh, if you have an office, you have a big factory or something and you need supplies, you should call him. He does everything um, everything wholesale. And that's the Whittier Scholarship is at $1,300. And I think I've actually picked a student for this scholarship. And as I was getting ready to send the name over to Maria so she could print up the certificates, I got another application. So I'm going to go over the second application tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look through her social media. Um, one of the requirements that I have on all of these scholarships, I make them send me their social media link, and I look at their Facebook pages. And I only do it out of an abundance of caution because four years ago or three years ago, we actually picked a kid from Lawrence High School to get this scholarship. And by happenstance, you know, like when you're on Facebook, it gives you suggestions of people to, people to friend. I saw the name, and it was the same name, so I went to the guy's page, and it was him, except his cover photo was a picture of him with his middle fingers up like this and the words, F the police at the bottom. And he didn't say F, it had the whole word. And I'm sitting there thinking, great, we just called this kid and told him he's getting a scholarship, and we're going to be in a room of cops, firefighters, and veterans at the Firefighters Relief Inn. We're going to be giving awards to cops and firefighters, and we're going to give this kid money out of all this? No, I'm not doing that. So I called the kid, and I told him he's not getting it. And his father called me back all upset. This is bias. This is political. Listen, you can call it whatever you want, but it's my friggin' bash. And I'm not, giving, I'm not giving a scholarship to a kid that hates cops in a room where we're honoring cops. I'm sorry. I mean, call it whatever you want, but I'm just not doing it. So um, 
every kid's got to send me their social media page. Some kids get, um, they think they're clever because they're kids. A lot of kids have two pages. Uh, a lot of kids, in fact, the Whittier applicant from last night sent me a link to her page, but it's a private page. So once I click the link, it just comes up private. So I have to email her back and go, okay, so now you have to friend me on Facebook so I can kind of look at your page and see what kind of person you are. And I'm sure she's going to be fine. I mean, that one guy I was probably like the one time that's ever going to happen. But like, I don't, I don't want someone who's a gangbanger. I don't want someone who's, who's, you know, I want someone who is a good kid who wants to focus on caring about the community, who maybe feeds the homeless or volunteers their time with their church, um, somebody who uh, you know goes out and volunteers their time at a local farmer's market. I want a good kid. I want a good kid. I think we all know what that means. I shouldn't have to go on about it. We are going to have two other scholarships that are going to be presented at our bash, but it's not going through us. So the Methuen Police Superior Officers Union, which is a sponsor of this show, is giving. It's between 500 and 1,000. I think they're partnering. I think they're giving 500, and the Methuen, um, the Methuen Patrolman's Association is also giving 500. They picked the kid, and how this happened was they've been doing this every year. They mail the kid out a check and say, hey, you know, well, Merry Christmas. You got a scholarship for, for college. And I called Greg Gallant and uh, Joe Aiello and a few other guys and said, you know, how do you do this? Do you have a ceremony? Do you have a dinner? He said, no, we just mail them a check. I said, well, don't do that. Invite them to the bash. We'll give them free tickets. They can come with their family. You guys get up and make a presentation and give them. Then we can take your picture, put it in the paper, right? And then so this kid's grandma can cut it out and put it up on her fridge or whatever. You know, like I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking like, you know, how the back end of this is going to work and how that can benefit everybody. So they said, great. So they didn't do it last year because of who the mayor was. And they didn't do it the year before because of who the mayor was, but they did it every year before that, and they're coming back this year, and they're doing it again this year. And then uh, Methuen Mayor Neil Perry's mom passed away uh, a couple days ago, and I think her funeral is actually today. And so he wanted to start a scholarship in his mother's name. It's going to go to a Methuen High School kid. He called the superintendent. I told him what my criteria is. I don't want any social justice warriors. And I also don't want a kid that's getting 37,000 other scholarships. I want a kid that really needs the money. Um, so he's going to pick the kid with Superintendent Kwan in Methuen. And, uh, so I th- and I think that one started at $1,000. So he's kicking in the first 1000 Here's the chance for all of you guys on Methuen Sound Off who bitch and complain every single day, who whine and cry about the politics of Methuen and why doesn't anybody ever do something positive, why is it always negative? Why is it always scandalous? Why can't we do something good in the community? Well, here's your chance. Here's your chance for everybody on with the one sound off that's always crying and whining. Why don't you get out your checkbook and kick in for the kids from Methuen High or the kid from the Vogue that's from Methuen and write a check for their scholarship and come to the bash. And if you come to the bash, I don't care if, I don't care if it's Steve Saber. Right, this guy hates me more than life itself, right? I don't care if it's Jim McCarty. If Jim McCarty wrote a $100 check and he wanted to come to the bash, I would let him come to the bash. I would call him up to the front and I would put him in the picture handing the check to the kid. Because I, I put my personal feelings aside and a lot of other good people put their personal feelings aside. I would say the grown-ups in the community can put their personal feelings aside and come to the bash and do something good. So of all the scholarships that we're giving so far, of the money that we've raised so far, our grand total as of this minute 
is $10,765 in scholarships we're going to give out, and we still have two weeks to raise money. I'd love to double that. I'd love to double that. That would be phenomenal. Because there was two years ago, one of the Cody scholarship, I think it was the Cody scholarship kid, we told her she was getting 500. But we picked her like really early. It was like a month and a half before the bash. And by the time the bash came, we had like $4,000. We didn't tell her. So she's in the room and her father's there and she's there and we gave her the $500 check, called up the guy that donated the 500 and we got them in the picture. And as they're walking away, I said, no, 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 don't go away. There's more. And we kept calling people up that donated checks and had them present their check. I said, so the grand total is, and I think it was like 3,800 something. And the father like burst into tears, like just burst into tears crying. He's like, I thought we came here tonight for $500 and I was so thrilled with that. But I can't believe I'm getting almost $4,000 for my kid's scholarship. This is great. And just seeing the expression on that father's face made me convinced at that exact moment that this is how we're going to do it from now on. That we're going to tell the kid what the amount is in the kitty of their account for their scholarship when we pick them. And we're going to tell them that that's the amount you're getting. And anything that comes in after that, we're going to surprise them in the room. So we've raised $10,765. I'd love, I'd love for... Lawrence City Councilors, Methuen City Councilors, North End of a Board of Selectmen members, state reps, state senators, kick in 100 bucks each. If each of you kick in 100 bucks each, we double this, we give $20,000 to kids for college. I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for you guys. Because you get the free publicity, you come to the bash, you get your picture in the paper, you get your picture online, you get a nice letter. By the way, the kids who get these scholarships... Um, at least twice a year, usually around June at graduation time, I'll get maybe five or six handwritten letters from kids who graduated from college wanting to thank me for giving them a scholarship before they went to college. So these are kids that we gave money to like five, four years earlier or five years earlier, and they graduate college, and they send me a letter saying, hey, I'm going into, you know, whatever, I'm going into... Uh, criminal justice, I'm applying for the police department in Seabrook, whatever, and I thank you so much that, you know, you helped me with the bash, and it was such a great time, um, and so these are, these are kids who are good kids, we try to pick really good kids, and, uh, and, and it shows from how grateful they are, even four years later, they haven't forgotten that people in the community came together to help them out, and all I ask of them, when I get those letters, I always send a letter back, and I say, if you really want to help, if you really want to give something back, come to the next bash, so... If you're a kid who got a scholarship for Lawrence High School, when we do the Lawrence High School scholarship, we'll call you up and have you come up with us and, 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 and enjoy the night. So those are our scholarships. Now, you would think that's a pretty, that's a pretty full night, right, for, for a bash? No, no, no. We're just beginning. We're just starting. We get, we're going to give out seven scholarships, and then we're going to give out an award to a hero police officer, a hero firefighter, and a veteran. Actually, we're going to give two veterans. Our first veteran that we're going to give to is a World War II hero. And he was, uh, I think he was on Omaha Beach. I might have that wrong. His name is, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you his name because he doesn't know he's getting it. I don't want word to get back. We're going to surprise him. Um, he's, he's coming. We also have uh, another veteran who will absolutely surprise everyone when we tell them he's in the room who's going to get uh, a hero veteran award that we've named after John Ratka from Veterans Northeast Outreach. Uh, the police officer that's getting the award is going to be a member of the state police gang unit. The guy that nominated him is uh, his commander of the state police gang unit. And uh, one of the reasons why he nominated this particular state trooper 
Now, I follow the cops around in Lawrence, right? And I follow the state police gang unit a lot. I don't know them all by name, but I know them all by face. Um, and there's a procedure every time they go in to kick someone's door in. You know, they get the, ma- the masks on, and they get the AK-47s, and they go in, and one guy's got the battering ram. Well, the guy that's always the first guy in the door is going to be getting the award this year, the Officer Tom Duggan Hero uh, Police Officer Award. Because if ever there's going to be a guy with a gun on the other side to shoot the first guy in the door, this is the guy they're going to get. He's the guy that, he's the guy that literally goes in the door first. And can't imagine giving it to anybody else, so he's going to get it. Um, and we're waiting on a nominee from Tim Sheehy from the Methuen Fire Department. Um, the Methuen Fire Department... Um, well, I, I personally wanted to make sure Methuen Fire got something this year. I, I understand there's another nonprofit that was supposed to give an award to a Methuen firefighter this year, ended up not giving them that award because of some kind of internal politics. So I called Timmy Sheehy and I said, I heard what happened. I used to be a member of that board. I'm disgraced by what happened. I want you to pick somebody for our uh, Officer Tom Duggan Public Safety Award for a firefighter. But I don't want you to pick someone that gets awards all the time. I don't want someone that's had the Exchange Club Award and the Lions Club Award and the Rotary Club Award. I want someone underappreciated. Give me a guy that comes in every day, does what he's supposed to do. Maybe he's done one or two things above the above the the call of duty, and um, and we'll and we'll give him the award, and hopefully that will you know that will hopefully what's what's the word I'm looking for? Spur us, motivate somebody uh, who's on the fire department to do the same thing. Um, and then we have our, we're going to wrap up with our um, Scott Clegg Public S- Public Service Award. Last year, we gave it to Karina Papalato at Daybreak Homeless Shelter, and the kids at TMF would go out and feed the homeless every Wednesday night. And uh, this year, I'm not telling you who got it, but one of the people who should have got it last year will get it this year. The person we already picked for the second one, we had to kick out because of something they did recently that was very political and, and, and didn't really seem like it should have been happened that way. So it's actually the person who's going to get the second word is somebody who's been on this show within the last eight months. And so if you've been on this show, you maybe you, maybe you get nominated. So that's the bash. It's March 27th. We got Corey Lewandowski as our keynote speaker. We get Eric Spagnoli, the comedian. Um, it's going to be clean comedy. Um, I told him no F-bombs, even though I'm usually drunk by the time my keynote speech comes and I drop a couple. But I can do it. It's my bash. I don't want everybody doing it up there because my mom gets all upset. Plus, some of the scholarship kids stay. Like, you know, some of the high school kids stay and they bring their little brothers and sisters with them. And then some of them just leave. Once they get their their scholarship, they leave because, you know, they got kids at home or whatever. But some of them stay. So we don't want it to be too raunchy. Um, So um, March 27th at the Firefighters Relief Inn. Tickets are $40 in advance. Yes, I have tickets at the office. You can get them on Eventbrite at $40 a piece, but you're going to pay the Eventbrite fee. So it's only $2, $3. If you don't want to pay that, come to the Valley Patriot office or send me an instant message. I will come to your house. I will bring you your tickets. I have people who have mailed me a check and said, hey, can I have five tickets? Here's a check for whatever. I get the tickets. I sign the back. I number them. I drive to the person's house, and I knock on their door and hand them their tickets, right, just to make sure that they get them. I know there's one person still waiting, but I will get to you. So it's going to be a great night. We got Rick Belanti. Our DJ will be dancing and singing afterwards. Um, we are looking for raffle items. Is that true? Am I, did I kill a whole hour on this? Wow. Uh, we have raffle items that we do every year. So half of the raffle is going to go to Clear Path, New England for homeless veterans. Um, so we're looking for raffle items. So a gift basket, scratch tickets, liquor is always a big, a big uh, get at the, uh, at the raffles. 
I think our biggest item going back um, see after after the bash we always get together we go to the hotel for an after party and we kind of like pick apart the night what went well what didn't go well and um, one of the things that we noticed every year goes really well and I don't know who donates them but somebody donates ski lift tickets to Loon Mountain and we actually put that as a separate silent auction piece and I think we made like $380 last year on it and I don't even think they were worth that maybe they were because I don't ski but I mean but so sports tickets. Um, uh, what is her name? Give me a second. Sonia, Sonia Kwan, um, the legal aide for state senator Diana Desaglio donated two Red Sox tickets, which is great. Uh, so if you want to donate uh, concha tickets, Red Sox tickets, don't worry. People who come to this bash, they're not manby pamby. They're not going to not go to a Red Sox game because of freaking coronavirus. So if you have tickets that you want to donate, maybe you're afraid of the coronavirus, that's fine. Give us your tickets. It's going to a good cause. Um, and, we, and we ask everybody that comes, um, you know, please just buy raffle tickets because it's going to go to a good place. We haven't figured out where the other 50% is going to go yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hedging between um, House of Mercy and another nonprofit that I won't say out loud because I haven't, I'm not done vetting them yet, and I want to make sure that, that all the money is going to go where it's supposed to go. But it should be a great night, and we do this every year, and we've never had a problem. There's never been a car stolen. There's never been a fight at the event, uh, although there was one guy. <laughs> we charge nothing for veterans. If you're a veteran and you're a member of the active duty military, you are free. We're not going to card you. We're not going to ask you for a military ID. You know why? Because half the room is also going to be veterans. And if you say you're a veteran and you're not a veteran, they're going to be able to pick you out like a fly on rice. They're going, to, they're, going to know, they're going to spot you the second you walk in the door that you're not a veteran. They're going to know. One year, one guy came in, said he was a veteran, wasn't a veteran. Three firefighters put them up over their shoulders, carried him out. We thought it was, like, we thought it was a joke. It was like it was part of the ceremony. They picked him up and they marched out like, you know, like, uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. What was that? And then they told me afterwards. The guy said he was a veteran. He's not a veteran. Get him out of here. So, other than that, we've never had a problem, and um, we've had some we've had some really great celebrity guests over the years, and we're gonna have a few surprises for you this year as well. I don't want to blow too much, but if you go to Eventbrite.com, you can get your tickets. If you want to make a donation for the scholarships, you can send me a check at uh, PO Box four five three. North, uh, North Andover, Massachusetts, 01845. And you should write your check to the Valley Patriot Bash, even if it's for a scholarship, unless it's for Lawrence High School Scholarship. If you want to make a donation directly to Lawrence High School Scholarship, you want to write your check out to Lawrence High School Alumni, ECCF. And we will hand the check to Lawrence High Alumni, and they will write the check directly to the college that the kid is going to. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't think we have anything else. We've got, um, uh, we do have uh, a partnership that we solidified two nights ago with uh, Salvatore's Restaurant and CPFP Comedy Productions, which is our friend Chris Flayhive. And uh, there's a Mr. Funny Funny competition next Friday, the 20th, I believe, right? Uh, 13, 20, yes. So next Friday, the 20th, um, I'm going to be a judge again. I've been I've been judging as we go, and ten comedians get up and they give amateurs. They give their best, and then we rate them kind of like American Idol. And then whoever wins goes on to the next round. The final round will be in April after the bash at some point. 
but we did partner with them. So if you go on my Facebook page and you order your tickets for Mr. Funny Funny or Mr. Funny 2020, can't even say it right, uh, and you use the link on my page, $5 from every ticket that gets sold on that link that's on my page will go to a scholarship kid at our bash. So it was very nice of Chris Flayhive and Mike Agricola, the owner of uh, Salvatore's, to kick in $5 of their profit to our scholarship kids as a result of, uh, of this event. So I'm going to go as a judge. I'm sure we've got a, we're going to have a table. The Valley Patriot will have a table. Please get some tickets. Come hang out with us. It's a week before the bash. We'll be able to hang out and, and do stuff we can't do the night of the bash. Um, I'm going to be off the wagon actually starting, well, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's the 13th. Yeah. So from tomorrow until the night of the bash, I'm off the wagon. This is, if, you've, if you ever wanted to hang out with me, this is the time to do it. Otherwise, I'm just boring. I'm a boring guy to hang out with. Everybody thinks I'm so much fun. They come over, they hang out at the office. They're like, wow, you're really boring. Like, I told you I was boring. I'm, I'm, unless I'm off the wagon. Then all bets are off. I am going to need a designated driver, though, at some point. Um, we've had a pretty good year uh, as we wrap up the show here. I know we're three minutes late. Ben, we've had a really good year at the Valley Patriot. We've survived the Jujuga lawsuit, at least so far. It's our fifth lawsuit. We have never lost yet. Uh, I was lucky enough, because of this newspaper, to appear in Jenny Teeter's music video, Daughter of the Devil, uh, which is a big thrill for me. It's, it's had over 90,000 views on, on, um, on YouTube, and that's going to, I'm sure, go much bigger as time goes on because she's an extreme talent, and as she gets better and she releases more songs, people are going to go back and look at the older songs, and they're going to find some great stuff. Um, I was also lucky enough because of my affiliation with this newspaper to be in a movie and a documentary this year, uh, Law Town. Uh, the, the movie was, I thought, really important to show people about the opioid crisis in, um, in Massachusetts, especially, but all over the country. And I was also in a, uh, a movie documentary. Well, it wasn't really a documentary. It was more of a movie um, produced by Daryl Silva called The Forgiven, and it was about a woman, uh, a young girl who was uh, kidnapped and um, found herself in a sex ring, a sex trafficking ring. And he called me and he says, I really need like one more extra. Can you come in and you do it? I said, well, what, what's the role? He said, rapist. And I was like, you know, I have a hard enough time with my reputation, Mr. Silva, without, being a, without playing a rapist in a movie. You do realize that like there are people out there that will use this against me. He's like, come on, it's just a movie. People, people understand it's just a role. And I must have been really tired when he called because I eventually ended up saying yes. And so I'm, I'm in the forgiven. Um, and, of course, uh, Heroes in Our Midst from the big pages of the Valley Patriot. You can get that on Amazon, our book. We were hoping to have Volume 2 out before the bash so we could give them out at the bash. That's just not going to be possible. I tried. It's just not going to be possible. Um, so I'm going to say no to that. But it will be out shortly after the bash. And we've got a lot of things in the pipeline. We've got a lot more things coming up. So pay attention to the Valley Patriot. Pay attention to this podcast. Uh, we, we try to help the community. We try to educate the community. I try to give you my opinion. I'm upfront about what my biases are. So you can take that into consideration when you're making your decision about who you should vote for or whatever. Um, and I want to thank uh, Dave Graffalo for letting us do this every week. Uh, I swore I would never do this again when I left radio. When I left WCAP, I swore I would never do radio. I would never do a podcast. I'd never do a TV show ever again. I was done with it all. And thanks to my good friend, uh, John Bergeron, who negotiated a contract behind my back without telling me, sat down with Dave Garofalo, worked out the details of a show, 
showed up at my office one day and said, would you like to get back into radio? I said, get out of my office. And he said, well, what if it was a podcast? I said, get out of my office. He said, no, 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 just listen. I said, John, get the F out. I am no interest whatsoever. He said, well, I already met with the guy and negotiated a contract. At least let me tell you what, we're gonna, what we think you should do. Fine, sit down. He sat down. He laid it out for me. I said, no. He said, at least meet with the guy. I said, okay. I came in. I sat down with uh, Dave Garofalo, and the following Thursday, we had a show. So we're here, even though I swore I would never do this again, because it opens me up for all kinds of baloney, because I'm a news guy. So when I'm writing news, I'll say about Methuen, but then I come in here and I give my opinion about the news, it, it makes people think that I can't, be, I can't be unbiased when I'm writing the news. And for those who think that, you're just wrong. You're just incorrect. You're not bad people. You're just wrong. I can love Neil Perry. I can despise Jim McCarty. But if Jim McCarty does something good tomorrow, he does something that benefits the community, I'm going to write that story. I'm going to write it because I have a bias. That's true. We all have a bias. We're all human. The question isn't do you have a bias. The question is can you put your bias aside when you're writing news? And I think we've, I think we've got a 16-year track record of doing that. So we're always looking for sponsors of the show. We're certainly always looking for sponsors for our annual bash because it all goes to charity or almost all of it goes to charity. Um, some of it technically isn't charity because they're not 501c3s, but we do give. Uh, one year we had a guy, as we wrap up, uh, one year we had a guy that we found out um, was taking money. He was a South Lawrence East Little League coach, and there were kids that could make the team, but they couldn't afford their uniforms. So he was taking money out of his own pocket. This guy works two jobs, right? And he's got a wife that works two jobs. He was taking money out of his own pocket to pay for the kid's uniform because he, he, he couldn't turn the kid away just because they couldn't afford it. The kid made the team. He was good. So he paid for the kid's uniforms. So we got word of this, and I, I met with the guy, had lunch with him, and said, here's two free tickets. You've got to come to my bash. Promise me you'll be there. Just promise me you'll be there. And he swore up and down he would be there. And I got up at the beginning of the bash two years ago, and I called his name, and he wasn't there. I was all bummed out. And then 10 minutes later, one of my runners on the floor said, hey, he's here. So we called him up, and we gave him a check for $1,000. We wrote it directly to him because he was taking money out of his pocket to help Lawrence kids. And he wasn't getting a thank you for it, and he wasn't getting reimbursed for it. And so I handed him the check, and he's like, Oh, great. This is great. The kids could really use this. I'm like, no, no, no. We wrote that to you. That's to repay you for what you've done for the community that we found out what you were doing. So we do a lot of great stuff with the money that we raise from the bash. We sponsor the menorah lighting in North Andover every year in December. We sponsor the, uh, the North Andover Scholarship, uh, North Andover Police Scholarship Association. Uh, whatever money is in the bash account, we have a separate account for this. At the end of the bash, if there's an extra $1,000, it's still going to some kind of a charity somewhere along the way throughout the year. So jump on Eventbrite, get some, some tickets, come, enjoy the night with us. You won't catch the coronavirus, I promise. Uh, we'll, do a, we'll do like the priest does over, uh, over the corned beef cabbage on Fridays. I'll do a special dispensation. I'll go ooga, booga, beluga, and then there'll be no more, no more coronavirus, and, uh, and everybody's going to have a good time. Please kick in for the scholarships. These are kids that want to go to college, can't afford it. Um, sometimes they can afford it, and then they get hit with $1,500 in fees or books, and that they can't afford, and they end up not going. We had one kid actually do that one year. We actually kicked in for his books. So uh, you can wrap, uh, you can wrap uh, uh, Mel in. Melvin Taylor is going to be singing this song and the opening song at the bash. 
We've got some big talents coming. Brittany Baldy from MTV. She hasn't committed yet, but she, she, she's been three of the four last year she's been with us. We're hoping that she's going to be able to be with us because of all this coronavirus and she won't be flying all over the country doing her thing. We also have uh, Steve Blackwood from Days of Our Lives uh, usually comes. We haven't invited him yet because he's actually promoting a new movie, but we're going to get in touch with him within the next week. And he always comes. Even when we ask him last minute, he always comes. He's a good guy. So we've got some great celebrities, uh, politicians, some great talent, some great kids, and some great heroes that we're going to be honoring and spending a night with March 27th, Friday night at the Firefighters Relief Inn. Program starts at 7. Salvatore's Restaurant donates the food, so be there early so you can eat. Firefighters Relief Inn donates the hall. Rick Blanty donates his time as a DJ. Mel says we got to go home, so go home already. Can't believe I did a whole whole hour on that. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.